Should we start ordering from Uber Eats now? this fucking juice cleanse. Hey guys, this is Tom again. Here to welcome you to another episode of hit new podcast, Welp Dig In. I wish we could roll out the red carpet for you and offer you something to eat, but the truth is my kitchen is completely empty right now. You see, I decided to give up solid food for three days in response to what happened at the Capitol building last week. It just didn't sit right with my stomach. That being said, I've only had juice to drink this entire day. I'm experiencing some fatigue and foggy-headedness, and have been finding it especially difficult to do simple tasks like holding a conversation or popping the dent out of the hood on my car from the cyclist I hit earlier when I passed out while driving. We've got a great episode for you guys today. I hope you enjoy it. Second horse is red. The third one is red. 
up? Lots, a lot's happened since our last recording. <laughs> what's up, fucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? What's I mean, what, what's what's spurred? What's happening with you? Well, so what kind of spurred it is that I was feeling a similar inflammation in my gut that it sounded like you were kind of feeling recently. So yeah, I was talking to Claire and she said that she was doing a juice cleanse right now in Amsterdam. I got uh, three days of juice cleanse and then it came uh, like 20 minutes after I ordered it and here I am at the end of day one on my, sixth, on my sixth juice. I spent uh, $100. Oh, that's not bad. On three days. Yeah. Yeah, because the one that you got was, I think it was from Creation. It was Erewhon. Oh, okay, word. The you know, Creation one was like $1,000, dude. I was looking them up, and they have like a whole page on the Creation website where it's just like their like cleanse packets or something, and they have like three-day cleanses that are like hundreds of dollars, and then they even had some shit that was like the week-long super cleanse for like $1,400 now on sale for $1,399. Oh <laughs> like some shit like that. It's just insane to believe that anyone would... Uh, would do something like that but if so is there any especially f- sluggish maybe you would is there any fruit in the one that you got uh there's dates in the one that i'm drinking right now it's the only date that i'm getting you know <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's to yeah, that's yet to be yet to be determined oh dude everybody's chomping at the bits has there been a response the bits. <laughs> has, has there been a response from sheila uh yes so i said as a recap I was thinking about getting a black cat too. Could you tell based off of my photos? And the play was that, uh, you know, it's it's opening up a conversation in like a relatively normal way, an inviting way, because she le- said that she likes cats and she loves her cat and stuff like that. And then the could you tell based off of my photos was kind of an obvious joke. So she has two directions. There's a fork and she can choose to go right or left. She can follow the humor uh, bread trail that I left her and nibble away. Or she can pick the black cat thing and then just go straight off the facts. And it it's seeming like she didn't get the joke. But she did <laughs> She did uh, say, you should, as a response to me saying I wanted to get a black cat too. You should. It'll be like having a mini panther running around your place and they're so vocal. Haha. <laughs> guess what I said to that. Go on. Guess. Did you say, um, um, no, what did you say? I said, what kind of things does your black cat say? Yeah. Because it's it's so vocal. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, man, maybe this would be like a great like alley-oop for her to like say some goofy shit like, oh, it says poo poo pee pee wee pee pee pee. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So to my surprise, she didn't say that. (laughs) She said, uh, well... She whines a lot when I give her kisses, but she secretly likes them, and she asks for water from the sink every day, and yeah, just when you say her name, she does a pigeon sound, but really it's a little purr, lol. And I came, I, I came at her with a doozy, and I said, pigeons aren't really cute, but cats pretending to be pigeons is very cute. I was fostering these two kittens a couple weeks ago, and one of them was so little, it would look up at me and open its mouth to meow, and nothing would come out. It was speechless. And then it would start free climbing my leg, which I would never advise, because I have really long legs. It's a very treacherous journey. And she said, oh my, oh my god, that honestly sounds so adorable though. 
My cat won me over because she looked at me, meowed at me, and stretched her paw out. And then I said, she got down on one knee, pulled a little box out of her pocket, and proposed <laughs> to you. <laughs> I was telling Eric earlier that the game is figuring out how to stop talking about cats and start talking about anything else. <laughs> was there a touch of spring? have a pink dress on And when she smiled Her shy smile Could you almost touch the one? Wasn't your first love Very precious time Was there the faintest breeze have a ponytail And could she make you so trained to greet people by bumping elbows because my grandma my whole life she would always say alien hello and then wiggle her elbow at me to uh like to say hello because that's how aliens say hello i guess (laughs) and we would bump elbows and say alien hello so what juice are you on right now two no this is number six i've been drinking them all day yeah yeah I, i only was when i was on it i only did there was yeah two or three a day Really? Yeah. I could see I could see why you got so faint. Cuz that's not that that's not enough juice. <laughs> that's just not enough juice. Bro, yeah, the one I was on strictly like strictly veggie. It costed like a, like I said earlier, it costed like $150, so I felt like I had to be like I had to do it. I was trying to remember why you did it in the first place. You well, lost the bet. Well, it was bet. basically everybody on my sales team at the Clippers decided that we were going to do it because it was a quick way to lose 10 pounds. Why were you guys so concerned about losing 10 pounds? (laughs) (laughs) Come on guys. We have to motivate each other. Uh, I was on a sales team just full of dudes and everybody was 
everybody else on my team was so concerned with like, dude, I got to look great for the holiday party. <laughs> and every and everything kind of just jumped into like, dude, we should go on these juice cleanses. Like there's this place by my house, Erewhon, that does these three-day juice cleanses. Are you, are you familiar with Erewhon? Yeah, I went into one for the first time like a week ago. It's... It's crazy. It's another right? level. It was... They valet your car. I can always rely on Air One for beautiful, clean, wonderful products. This is the only place I shop. I come to the store a lot. Who brings you? My dad and some people. The salad bar is awesome. The tonic bar is awesome. And they have the biggest raw section of any organic store around. It's a nice group of people and it's a wonderful store. It's the last grocery store in LA that has that real kind of neighborhood feel to it. Erewhon did feel like you go in and it's like it's like some fashion week music playing. Yeah, everything just beautiful is beautiful so people expensive. everywhere. Yeah. You have no idea what anything is. I ended up dipping out of the like hot food, you know, like the type, you know, place where you can like spoon yourself some food or get some shit that the pizza that they make there or whatever. Yeah. I walked out of there, spent like twenty four dollars. <laughs> like that shit should be like eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when we went to the Erewhon, it was like all eight of us dudes showed up to the Erewhon at the same time. And there was like a sales rep who like walked us through the whole experience of what this juice cleanse is going to be, what to expect. Yeah. And then he was like, man, get ready for the yeah. almond milk. He was like, man, this is the best part. I'd do anything to be in your guys' shoes <laughs> doing this for the first time. <laughs> You're it's, so you're so lucky. I can bro, tell you're first timers. It's exactly like that. Yeah. It's like it's like somebody who, you know, somebody like you'd meet at a rave talking about like this this Bart Simpson MDMA you're about to take, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I fucking got all these juices. Were you not living there? Were you just like in town? I think I was just in town. I just remember going to get a going to get bagels for breakfast. Well, that was the thing also because on the first day of this three day juice cleanse, you I was hanging out with you the whole day, and for some reason you were just like picking every single one of my favorite foods and just like eating it in front of me. It felt for, like for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like salivating, dude. I'm just yeah. looking at you. You look like a turkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, first day was, I felt like was like really rough because I feel like you're just kind of looking at like the clock, like just kind of waiting for the time to, yeah, for the day so, to end. It's so sad when I'm looking at the clock and being like, oh man, like when do I get to drink the celery kale one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking bored. By the end of the second day, I needed food so bad that I felt like I was like physically getting like, I, fe I felt like I was like losing my mind like my skin was like becoming like charcoal gray i felt like i needed food so badly and going into the third day of the juice cleanse i emailed my boss at like five o'clock in the morning and was like hey joel sorry to do this but i don't know i feel really weak because of this juice cleanse i can't see i can't come into work today you told them that you couldn't see i told them i couldn't see i was like dude my vision's blurry i i don't think i'll be able to work today another classic sick day taken <laughs> by gino ball <laughs> that's what i'm saying another in a long string of funny sick days bro and then at like 9 a.m like when everybody was getting to work i just started getting all of these text messages from my coworkers sending For me sure. pictures of stevie wonder <laughs> oh nice <laughs> dude and my boss was so fucking pissed 
that you that you didn't come to work or that, that you I didn't come to didn't work the for that reason the, oh, okay. and i backed out on the juice cleanse i just felt like yeah you felt like i it was just like the weakest display of yeah. character that i could have shown and honestly i felt like that led to just a very bumpy rest of my career at the clippers this was the same the dude that was disappointed in you is the same dude who had a vendetta against you the rest of your career exactly joel adams if i see him i'll fight him that's so and that's on the podcast and that's on that jesus <laughs> crazy email while you were talking earlier i got an email from my brother okay gina paul he called you gina <laughs> no 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 gina paul is my cousin found and has communicated with one of our grandfather's grandsons who still lives in the small town where nono was born wow this is epic okay so basically my cousin gina okay so to give you a little backstory we've had my family my father's side has had zero connections to um italy like where my family's like from since he came to america basically i think i've i think i might have told you this story but he the the folklore whether whether what's true and what's not is he'd come from italy to america my grandfather on my dad's side gotcha he had come to America, landed in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, he had invented the street sweeper and didn't patent it, right? He had sold the idea to, I don't know, local government or something where he got enough money to move the family to the, uh, to the West Coast and enough cash for him to buy a Cadillac. So my, my grandpa had never opened up a bank account. Everything was cash. Everything was buried. It, like around the house and shit like that and everything was just assets so he got this cadillac and he put it on a ferry to italy and when it got to italy they all said don't come back like you're showboating type of thing so my brother has just just emailed me saying that my cousin gina has communicated with one of one of our <laughs> i'm confused who this person is but they're yeah it's confusing when everyone's named gina and gino yeah, yeah. How, you, how you keep everything in balance so we have now connection to my relative named valentino <laughs> <laughs> so he's writing my cousin dino and my uncle dino bro <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, this is from Valentino. I'm also very happy to have found you. This morning I saw your email. Remo, who's my grandpa, 
Okay. <laughs> was born in uh, Penabili, a small mountain town in the province of Rimini. When you came to Rimini, were you also in... <laughs> Penlomini? Were you also in Penavili? (laughs) (laughs) My family and I still live here. My grandfather, Gino, also had three children. Giuliano, Fernando, and Loris. I am Giuliano's son. In 1952, just before my father was born, Remo came to Penaboli with a blue Cadillac. Nobody had a car in (laughs) Penaboli. It was the only car? (laughs) To greet my grandfather, Gino. Remo was very fond of Gino and wanted to take him to the USA, but he did not accept the offer. My grandfather also showed me the Pacific Bell Crest. So basically, when my grandpa had moved to the West Coast, he had started this semi-legitimate, kind of very very blurred lines this is in the time this is kind of at the tail end of prohibition so my grandpa had moved to the west coast because he had heard about all these untouched grapes in rancho cucamonga so and i think it was just called cucamonga at the time but anyway my grandfather put all his money and all his efforts into getting all these grapes to sell them to the east coast because he knew about you know these underground speakeasies and all this shit basically he had all these grapes couldn't they weren't he wasn't able to export them like the country said like america said no you can't do that because of prohibition and all that shit okay so he went to the local you know this back in the days where people were like actually segregated by where they came from type of shit yeah so he went to his local godfather oh my god the guy who was running the italian area of of the inland empire yeah this guy pulled some strings made this big push happen and then off that one big push my grandpa was able to retire badass but died with nothing okay because he spent all of his money yeah because he retired at like 30 yeah and he was basically just hooking people up too like that's sick Okay, so anyway, Valentino says, My father also showed me the Pacific Bell Crest, and I still have that desire to know how he lived and if there were relatives to know. In the next few days, I will go to, to the Panaboli Registry Office to get more certain information about Vincenzo and Esther, where they lived precise. I don't know who these people are. Where they lived precisely and how many children they had so I can better inform you of Remo's past. However, I am 37 years old. I am married to Teresa. I have seven children. Letizia, (laughs) Bendetta, Davidi, uh, Deletti, Stefano, Ilia, and Tommaso. Hey! We would love to take a trip to America, and if we do, we can surely meet. Sometimes we even thought of immigrating to the United States because of the company I work for has its headquarters in Portland. I wish you the best. Happy New Year. Valentino.
Was there like an episode where you could see like, damn, there's a huge drop here? Which was our shittiest episode. Or something, yeah. Yeah. But again, like, it doesn't even really matter. I feel like these numbers, like, don't fucking matter. It's just our friends and whoever wants to, like, tolerate. And our like, friends are, like, I mean, we love and we love the fact that they listen. You know what I mean? It's great that they yeah. listen, but it, like, doesn't really matter. Doesn't make us any money. Nah. I think getting a, I think getting a slot at KXLU would be, like, a dream come true. That for would be super, super cool. So, speaking of having dreams, are there, uh, what have been your dreams in the past? Like, have you, like, if, if a current dream is based, like, we're setting lo- little goals for ourselves, yeah. but, like, you know, the hope is that, like, one thing turns into another, turns into another, whether it's, like, an earnest dream or just, like, a dream that you had when you were, like, 10, what have been your dreams? Like, I felt like I had just as fucking loose and pointless of dreams as everybody else did, like, going into, like, college or even in college, you know what I mean? I'm sure, like... There was nights where I'd stay up all night smoking cigarettes with Nick talking about a skate shop we wanted to open up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, bullshit like that. But I felt like until I felt like when I met you guys, like you, Duncan and all them, I felt like that was kind of the dream. But I feel like, you know, like getting into like entertainment of some sort, you know what I mean? Something in comedy I feel like, and I've tried for so many years and I feel like I haven't gotten anywhere with it, which is pretty depressing. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's honestly probably been my biggest problem is that I don't feel like I've been able to like formulate a specific long-term goal that I want to accomplish. So it's impossible to get there if I don't know where I'm going. And I feel like that's why I felt like I haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah. I feel like the dream changes weekly in the past and I feel like not until probably in the last like year or so in realizing that I'm not like a, like a kid anymore. I feel like I've been more like, okay, not don't get a Don't get ahead of yourself. The stuff that you have right now is pretty nice. You know, I feel like before I had nice things, dreams felt like they were more important. And then you start to kind of accrue things that feel kind of nice. And part of this was also when I was dating, I was like, when I was with, when I was with, like my ex i felt like for the first time maybe this was something that could be what my dream looked like you know like if you ever wanted to be like in entertainment what that really turns into is like now you're allowed all the things in your life that you were like i'll be happy like you know like i'll be happy now and so in like in past months i'm thinking like you know i've got great friends I've got a cool apartment. I've got a girlfriend. I have all these things that make me like really happy. So now it's like the dream is kind of changing. I'm like, if I can just keep it like this, this is like pretty good. I'm cool. And maybe that's part of why like you came through and you wanted to like do the podcast and I just jumped at it. And now we've just been doing it at such crazy volume constantly is because there's like a little bit of a chunk of like my dream is missing now. And I'm like, it's it's weird to kind of be reminded of what it was like years ago before I had any of this stuff that made me feel really comfortable with being an adult and thinking like, shit, like once our creative collective is up and running, it's gonna be fucking sick. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, a good, I mean, that's a good these, point though. All these things. I guess my point is that like, I don't like the concept of having of having a dream is like changed so much for me. Like true before I was like, 
yeah, I guess it just it really simplified itself once I actually started to like get some stuff that felt like it was pretty good. Like being in a being in like a like a nice relationship with like a steady income like with job security and like a comfy bed is kind of a dream come true <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean no doubt. I and I feel like that has kind of come in only like the last like year two years for you and me though totally totally i felt like you and me were both kind of like we weren't we didn't have the financial stability we didn't have girlfriends we didn't have our own pad you know what i mean like now you and me live in our own places we have we're, we have like secure jobs we you and me live like a block or so away from each other so it's cool like just having friends that you can always hang out with but yeah, that I mean, so in a lot of ways, we I think I I think I, we are like living the dream minus yeah I guess the dream career I guess that's the only thing that still needs to be checked off. You this know? might be kind of when when you end up stumbling into your dream career is when you don't need it as much. Like it kind of I mean you know on more of like a on like a on more of like a you know figurative like spiritual level or something kind of like on if a, you're, like a chinese finger trap we were trying yeah, so yeah, hard that's a good now, way to put it yeah yeah, no, yeah now that we're that's a great way to up. put it and and it reminds me of like every time i've ever thought that i'm either going to do well or do poorly when i'm like gambling in vegas is basically like when you're standing over the electronic craps table and you're fucking desperate to finally hit you're not gonna hit yeah. <laughs> it's only when you're like kind of like relaxing goofing off laughing not even really paying attention when you finally hit the button, Push the button. Come on. Push the button. and then you hit in any other way if you were like taking on the amount of work and the burden that this project is like become it would be like a nightmare like you'd never be like oh like yeah sure i'll take like four more shifts of work every single day but it's like just fun we're doing it for fun yeah so it's like you know like who knows like that's the important thing is that instead of being like 21 and being like okay we only have like a year to catch up to tyler the creator <laughs> like well that well, yeah we're right on his heels you know like it's time to put this shit out right now we gotta go 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 point. and have meetings and stuff and now it's more so like dude i do like an episode of this you're you send me an episode and i listen to it and i'm like laughing and i'm like this is heaven <laughs> i've found my heaven I was raised in the church. My parents were steeple people. From Christmas service to youth group. And that was before I even got to the Catholic elementary and middle school I attended for so many years of my life. I've always been reminded of the power of prayer. Even more than I was reminded that milk grew strong bones. But I also had a clear idea of what heaven was. At least until I realized that heaven actually was just a couple microphones. A couch. Gastritis and my good buddy Gino Paul. I guess this is the part they don't tell you about in the Bible. Until tomorrow, guys. Talk to you then, okay? Cheers. Be good. See you later. Stay safe, all right? Have a good one. Bye-bye. Cheers. Take it easy.